Good morning, ladies. Just kidding. It's 8.15 at night, not the morning, and I don't talk like that. So, um, anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Not the coronavirus. That's not why I'm coughing. Anyway. Hmm. Okay, I guess I'm feeling a little sassy tonight. Um, no, but really, I'm home alone. Don't get any ideas. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying weird shit and then say just kidding. Um, okay. Serious? I'm home alone tonight. My son is with his dad. My daddy's with his... I'm just kidding. <laughs> See? I keep doing it. Okay, so my son is with his dad. My boyfriend... Oh, that sounds so juvenile. I'm so tired of boyfriend. I'm ready to say husband, y'all. Can I get an amen? <laughs> okay, like real, real talk. This is not where I planned this podcast to go. Um, no, I'm not high. I don't smoke weed. Oh, okay. Anyways, real note, real talk. Son is with his dad. Boyfriend, not yet husband, is with uh, nobody. He is in Boston all by himself, actually. So, I'm home alone is my point. And I just got to thinking. Uh, well, I didn't just get to thinking. That's kind of what I do, maybe. Um, at the expense of my own good thinking, sometimes. Thinking is at the expense of my own good well-being. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Okay. I was thinking, and then I was like, you know what? Instead of just thinking and, like, reading this stuff, I'm going to make a podcast about it. That's the point of my podcast, right? Is so instead of, like, ruminating on and chewing on these things all the time and, like, being on the internet and, like, writing about it and pissing people off, um, I could just talk about it to myself, um, into this really actually fancy microphone that we have here today. I'm using my boyfriend's really fancy, like, globe. It's called the Snowball, uh, microphone. Um, so maybe my voice quality will be a little bit better. But, oh god, no, I don't even know what I was saying. Um... Anyways, yeah, so now, so yeah, I'm going to talk about it. So, um, for today's topic, what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to read three of my, um, uh, I was going to say old blog posts, but they're not, one of them is not super old. Um, one of them I actually just made maybe a few weeks ago. Um, so maybe you already read it. The thing with it, though, is that I didn't, um, sorry, I'm just, like, trying to pull it up on my phone. Uh, I didn't post all of it on Instagram. I only posted, like, a little excerpt of it. Excerpt? 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 Whatever. Um, and so, uh, and then when I look at the, um, like, the, the stats on it, it didn't get a lot of, like, reads, like, the whole blog post. So, I don't think a lot of people, like, read the whole thing. Because I only put a little bit of it in the Instagram post. 
Um, and I think people mostly just read that, but you're, like, supposed to go to the blog to read the whole thing. So, I'm going to read the whole thing, is my point. And then I'm going to read another post that I did that's related. And then I'm going to read um, someone else's post that's related, and I'll tell you who and all that. Um, but basically what I want to talk today is just our weird, I mean, really, really, by the way, I'm tired, and when I'm tired, like, I'm, like, you can ask anyone, well, maybe not anyone, but, okay, you can ask my boyfriend, that's it, just ask him. I can be really, really goofy and kind of, like, loopy, and, um, I'm just in that kind of mood tonight, so whatever, deal. So, uh, yeah, like, we we just have this, like, really, really, really weird, um, ideas about what we call women's health. Like, when I think about how, as a society, like, what we mean when we say women's health, like, I'm just so flabbergasted. Like, it's as if, and I say this about a lot of things, but it's like, they took the most backwards shit like, the total opposite of, like, what it actually is, and, like, made it, like, women's health, the total op, like, whatever, you get what I'm trying to say, and so, I'm gonna talk about that tonight, and I'm gonna talk about it, um, not, I'm not gonna ramble on too much, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a little, uh, clarification about something at the end of these three posts, but really, I'm just gonna read, I'm just gonna read three blog posts, uh, one of them's not even a blog post, one of them's just an Instagram post, <sighs> that's all I'm gonna do. Okay, um, so the first one I'm gonna read is one that I wrote. It says February 2nd is when I published it. It is February 26th, so 24 days ago. Do the math, ladies and gentlemen. Probably just ladies. I don't know if any gentlemen are listening to this. Probably, honestly, my boyfriend is the only gentleman that will listen to this. I feel like I've been talking about my boyfriend. <laughs> like, I feel like I've said my boyfriend like five times this episode, um, yes, I miss him, he just left this afternoon, okay, anyways, I feel a little silly now, okay, so, the first post I'm gonna read, yes, I wrote it February 22nd, um, the next post I'm gonna read, I actually wrote, oh, oh, no, 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 um, I published this on Medium back in November, but I wrote it on my Instagram a long time ago, who cares, okay, so the first post is called, Real Feminists Don't Go to the Doctor. By the way, I don't know if I'm doing these podcasts right, or like doing them good, or I'm like, is there a better way I could be doing this? Is there like a better lead up I could be doing? Or like, is there more like of an outlining or like more of a description I could be giving before I talk about this stuff? But I don't know, sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm just like, get to the point. Like, I don't care about all of your like prefacing. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do, minus all of this other rambling. So, I don't know. Learn as I go, I guess. Um, okay. Oh, also I'm ovulating. That's why I have a better mood right now. Okay. Real feminists don't go to the doctor. Ooh, that's like, that's a, that's a ballsy thing to say over here. But that's what the title of this post is called. I'm going to try to not interrupt myself during reading this, like I'm doing right now. Starting now. Okay. Real feminists 
don't go to the doctor. Last night, I went to a feminist comedy show called Smile More. It was a lineup of five or six feminist women making jokes about their fat bodies. This is a true story, by the way, guys. Okay, that's one interruption, but I just wanted to let you know. This is a true story. I actually did go to this feminist comedy show. Okay, it was a lineup of five or six feminist women making jokes about their fat bodies, lack of sex, or bad sex if they were getting it, old age, even, like, if what they were talking about was, like, 27 years old, which I'm like, okay, whatever, um, and how men suck at giving them orgasms. Someone should really tell them that men don't give orgasms. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do a, a podcast episode one day about how men don't give you an orgasm. I just see so many women, like, being like, he couldn't give me an orgasm. Okay, I said I wasn't going to interrupt, and here I am, like, a paragraph in, and I've interrupted twice. Okay, one day I'm going to do a podcast about how men don't give you orgasms. It's your ability to open your heart and your pussy, and that's how you get orgasms. Whatever. Okay. I was in a sex cult, so I know everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I was actually in a sex cult, but I don't know everything. I mean, I think I do sometimes, but... Okay. Serious business. Okay. I know it was all supposed to be funny, and it really truly was, but I also think that it's really telling into something deeper uh, with many women amongst the subculture. But I, what I want to focus on for this piece in particular is their use of doctors. It was a thing for the feminists to go to the doctor and use it for content for their jokes, to make fun of their trauma and violations that our culture not only condones, but often encourages. I am not exaggerating when I say that every single comedian referenced her doctor, and about three of them mentioned their pap smears. Pap smears and cervical exams are so feminist, which blows my mind. How they completely fail to see the paternalistic, patriarchal, white man influence of the medical mar model is astonishing. By the way, I love the white man. I'm just using their language. In my mind, it is where the misogyny is the most pervasive and the most unchecked by women. It's like feminists love to hate white men, unless he's gone on a white coat and is going to put some sharp metal tools in her uterus and kill her baby. Then he's a white savior, I guess. I don't know. It's pretty weird to me. This is something that feminists say to the government. Stay out of my uterus! This is also something that feminists say, say to the government. Get in my uterus and provide my IUDs, my abortions, and my cervical checkups. Ladies, you can't have both. When you put your body up for political and social debate, when you make it the responsibility of this male-created and dominated institution to care for your female body, which they suck at, let's just be real, it invites the idea that women's bodies are not their own. Some women will say, well, my doctor is a woman. Well, she's likely complicit in the pervasive ideas of medical thought that is toxic to women. Demanding government access to abortions, birth controls, and the like is suggesting that government and big medicine are responsible for your reproductive health, and they are not, period. Nor should you want them to be as a grown-ass adult woman. The vast majority of women are completely unaware of how much they are perpetuating an authoritative, abusive relationship with, quote-unquote, the patriarchy and women's bodies. They don't realize this codependent relationship they have with daddy or their beliefs about their need for him to take care of her. 
She acts entitled to his resources, but then gets mad when he wants to regulate or have an opinion about how she uses those resources. Sound familiar? Your body is not the business for intellectual or financial gain in all forms of anyone, but it is especially not the business of the government or the medical system. And when you make it the business of the government, then you can't be surprised or get mad when the government goes all government on you and tries to regulate that shit. Our bodies and what we do with them have no place in public or political discussion on all levels. Health belongs to women, birth belongs to women, abortion belongs to women, and family planning belongs to women and their families. This is why I advocate for reproductive sovereignty, thanks Mary Lou Singleton for that term, not reproductive rights, to be quote-unquote given rights that are inherently ours to begin with by virtue of being a living, living, breathing woman walking this earth is infantilizing to women. Here is your permission. Here is what you can and cannot do, little one. Love, Daddy. Ooh. We have all heard a pregnant woman utter, my doctor or midwife won't let me fill in the blank because they control you and call the shots, right? No. Sovereignty is when you are unshakable in the face of government rules and regulations, no matter what they say you can or cannot do as a woman. It slides right off your back because what you do is in your own company and with your own people, and how the hell would anyone ever know your life and your information unless you invited them into, into it and gave it to them? For me, personally, it means that all of the birth control pills and IUDs could go away tomorrow and I could still prevent pregnancy with ease and confidence and with greater health to my body. I'm not proposing that they do take all those away, by the way. It means abortion could be banned next year and I would know I still had personal access to information, people, and resources to help me have a safe and probably better abortion at home that no dude or lady in a white coat or any of you people would need to know about. I am also not proposing a ban on or criminalizing abortions. I have written before about my own abortion, and also, as my views have evolved, it's no longer something I would do personally, for whatever that is worth. To care for your health and your body should be extremely private and extremely personal, not mass-produced or in the hands of people who you don't know from Adam. It's a great disservice to do that to yourself. Sovereignty means remembering that you came into this world with everything you need as a woman to take care of yourself, and that the government and big medicine were never meant to be prerequisites for healthy, thriving, embodied, powerful women. This is the responsibility of freedom. Freedom. Okay, so that's one. Now, I can imagine, maybe I'm projecting, but I can imagine some of the thoughts that some of the people might be having right now and don't you worry, don't get your little panties in a little twist. Um, I'm going to address that at the end of all of my readings. So here's the second one. This is an older one, and I think this one I did fully write on uh, Instagram. So maybe if you follow me a lot, or you followed me for a while, maybe you already read it. So forgive me if it's a repeat in your mind. <clears throat> the title is... No, maybe I don't need to tell you the title, whatever. Okay. There is nothing healthy about women's health care. Why women's health care undermines women's health and creates a culture of abuse that we all accept. We need a reframe on women's health. 
So much of mainstream, modern, technocratic women's health is simply male-centered, male-invented, degradation, fertility erasure, disease management, and abuse cloaked in women's health liberation and access. Women's health is not mammograms, pap smears, pelvic exams, technocratic, impersonal, prenatal, quote-unquote, care, hormonal contraceptives, HPV vaccines, flu shot clinics, racing for the cure, or pink washing, sonograms, Xanax, and other sedatives that sedate our emotions. Hold on. I hear something. I'm in a cabin in the woods all by myself, so I'm scared. Okay, I think that was just a tree banging on my roof. Okay. Hysterectomies, mastectomies, abortions, just hold your britches, WIC clinics that send pregnant women formula, nor is having more access to the system that provides women with all of the aforementioned. When I say these things are not women's health, I'm not saying that some of these things will never ever be necessary at any point for anyone ever. What I am saying is that our cultural ideas of how we care for women is rooted in such rituals and practices that divorce us from our bodies, our intuition, our self-knowledge, our dignity, and ultimately and ironically, our potential for true and vital health. So then what is women's health? Women's health is knowledge. It's deep understanding and a resurgence of ancient wisdom of our own bodies. It's retaining that power and not giving it over to medical, quote-unquote, authorities. It's self-breast and lymph massage. It's nature-based, organic, whole, natural, herbal, non-GMO diets. It's cervical awareness. Most women don't know what their normal cervix looks like, what it's supposed to feel like, what it's supposed to move like, and the possible changes that it makes throughout the month. It's self-directed prenatal care. It's women deciding what care feels like and looks like for them. It's abandoning the notion that women need to and feel best when poked, prodded, fingered, splayed out on hard tables, feet and stirrups, have distant and unfamiliar, unfamiliar care providers with wands up their vaginas, their blood taken, forced to drink nasty, toxic, orange glucose drinks and told what to do. It's community women's circles for DIY, for uh, do-it-yourself DIY, healthcare and um, prenatal villages, or village prenatals, sorry. It's prevention-based lifestyles. It's natural family planning, fertility awareness method, and teaching young girls from the beginning how to track their cycles. It's herbal, supplemental abortions, self-cervical dilation abortions. It's midwife-led, home-based abortions. And, of course, creating woman-centered solutions and communities where women feel so supported that their need for abortion will significantly decrease. And um, also what will significantly decrease um, abortions is women uh, or young girls learning how to track their cycles from a very young age. There's actually a study done on this that when we teach women uh, how to deeply know and track their cycles that teen pregnancy or pregnancy happens less. Uh, I have no judgments of teen pregnancy though. I believe that um, the shame and, and the, and the uh, resistance around teen pregnancy, this isn't, I'm, I'm, I'm going off. Um, the resistance to teen pregnancy is more um, 
is more of a result of our cultural ideas of our, our uh, paternalistic timelines and capitalism. Uh, I don't think anything is inherently bad about teen pregnancy. I think women are uh, primed in those years to have babies. Okay, um, women's health is birth attendants who are allowed to serve women and who um, uh, who don't have state licenses that behold them to state birth um, rules and regulations. It's freedom in childbirth. It's homes uh, free of endocrine disruptors, so homes free of toxic air fresheners and cleaning products and makeup and body products and perfumes and, and all of that hormonal endocrine disrupting crap. Add in a little herbal medicine, homeopathy, breastfeeding, sunlight, chiropractic care, EMF reduction, trauma healing, ancestry awareness and remembrance, uh, wild birth, women gathering, gardening, meditation, nature, movement, etc. That's just my personal shortlist because even though I think it's a pretty legitimate and comprehensive list, ultimately yours is going to be personal to you as it should be because women's health should be personal and unique because every woman is unique. It should be women leading their own health and calling the shots. It should not be everyone lined up on a conveyor belt going through the same screenings, tests, exams. Health should not be defined as the sterile, cold, and personal practices that mainstream medical thought has taught us it is that we all must accept. And I don't. Do you? So that was the other one. Thanks for listening. Okay, so now I'm going to read um, an Instagram post that um, kind of ties into all this um, that I really like, that I felt like it was relevant to share here. It's by, um, so the Instagram handle is no fertility without death, um, and it, it sounds, it's spelled just like it sounds, no fertility without death. Um, this person also has a, a blog, nofertilitywithoutdeath.com. Uh, her name is Freya, Freya Colette. I think that's how you spell it. Um, F-R-E-Y-A, Colette, K-E-L-L-E-T. Um, she actually has a, um, an Instagram account that I really love. It seems like it's fairly new. She doesn't have very many posts. Um, or very many followers, so I get the impression that it's a newer account, but she's amazing, and she's, like, been getting more followers just lately, because I think, like, her shit's awesome. So I'm just going to read you her most recent, her most recent post. Hmm. Okay. Okay, here it is. What are the impacts of dominant culture convincing women that our health and self-care is inextricably tied to the destruction and pollution of the earth? <clears throat> Every waterway is now flowing with synthetic hormones of birth control, tampons soaking in toxic chemicals, and their plastic wrappers, applicators, and strings are polluting the world over. Two billion razors are thrown away every year, not to mention the thousands of other toxic products women use daily. How does this complicity in the destruction of the earth sever our primal embodied connection to her, our mother? 
Women are the human embodiment of the earth. Our innate identification and allegiance is to Mother Earth. We are her. Our skin, her soil. Our organs, her great oceans and forests. Our veins, her wild rivers and streams. Our milk, her abundant nourishment and love. Our menstrual blood, her fertile ground. We are women. We are earth, and yet patriarchal ideas of health and hygiene have coerced us into believing that our wellness, our self-care, is dependent upon consuming products that violate her. This patriarchal reversal of our role as stewards of the earth to becoming complicit in her des desecration has deep and profound impacts. It tears at our very roots as women, our love, reverence, and ancient embodied connection with this great mother. Disassociation from ourselves and the earth is the result a deadening inside a deep pain felt by both patriarchy has done everything it can to sever our pri our primary primal identification with the earth and we must revolt and reclaim our birthright when we see through the lies we see that our true self-care our deepest nourishment and well-being is inextricably tied to the deepest nourishment and well-being of the earth we must refuse constructs of health and hygiene that demand our that demand the pollution, destruction, and desecration of our mother. We must liberate our bodies from the toxins of patriarchy to liberate the earth from the ecocide of this culture. And then the um, like the 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 picture and the post. That's like the whole. That's the whole post on the picture. It says patriarchal ideas. Oh, actually, it already said this in the post. Anyways, but. I'll just give a summary of what I just read. Patriarchal ideas of health and hygiene have coerced women into believing that their wellness and self-care is dependent upon consuming toxic products that pollute the earth. How does this complicity in the desecration of the earth sever our innate identification with Mother Earth and our embodied allegiance to her? Okay, so that's a lot. I read like three different things. They were all all pretty um dense and you know there's a lot of unpacking to do here i'm not gonna do a lot of unpacking um i just want everyone to kind of sit with that and like totally down to have discussion on my page or in my email rooted revived at gmail.com um, in my comment section you can dm me on instagram um my Instagram, by the way, I just assume that everyone who's listening to this is coming from my Instagram, but I realize that I guess that's not necessarily true. So if you want to interact with me on Instagram, my handle is rooted, period, is, period, radical, uh, no, not period, rooted, period, is, period, radical, and the radical is spelled R-A-D-I-C-L-E, not R A. D-I-C-A-L, so it's R-O-O-T-E-D, period, I-S, period, R-A-D-I-C-L-E, that's my Instagram handle, um, I'll put it in the show notes, also, I want, the thing, uh, there is something I do want to say, because here's what I get when I say this stuff, oh, you know what, I'm gonna read one more thing, okay, please stay with me, I'm going to read one more thing. This is what this is a post that I just wrote. But this all goes together. This all ties in together. And maybe I could have made like a separate blog post about all of this stuff, but um but whatever. Like whatever. We're, we're going to survive. 
sorry. I don't know why, but my, um, every time, like, I shut, like, I close my phone, it kicks me off the internet. I have to go, like, manually log back on. Okay, so this is a post that I just wrote the other day, and it actually is, like, one of my, got, ended up being one of my more popular posts. And the reason I want to include this one is because it, uh, ties into the ending and what I want to say at the end. Okay, so here it goes. If you're a feminist, you should be rejecting the ritualistic medical practice of pelvic exams and pap smears. Ooh, I got a little again, controversial again. Yeah, okay. Okay. Rooted in and birthed from slavery, American gynecology was invented by Dr. James Marion Sims, also known as the father of gynecology. I don't know if it gets any more, you know, misogynistic than that. Okay. Um, he performed experiments on slaves and non-consenting sedated women under anesthesia. This is how gynecology began. The dehumanizing origins of these rituals are made evident by the impersonal feelings most women feel and the inconsiderate, sterile, and degrading atmosphere and positioning she finds herself in, legs in stirrups, splayed open, the rest of her body covered, and face unseen as a stranger has her eyes focused on her private area whilst poking and prodding her with cold metal sharp tools. Believe it or not, women and their cervixes are not best cared for by being poked, scraped, and clipped. As an intelligent internal organ, the cervix will attempt to hide or move away from this type of invasion. I won't go too far into this, but um, I used to be a GTA, which is a gynecological teaching associate. I'm probably going to do a whole podcast about that experience and what that is and blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you, the cervix has like a mind of its own. I'm not kidding you. Like... If the cervix doesn't like the energy or is being um, touched too much, like in a way that isn't right and doesn't feel good, I'm not kidding you. It will go away and it will hide and it like you won't be able to find it anymore. Like it's it's kind of crazy. It has a mind of its own. True story. I've seen it happen. Okay, back to the back to the post. One source cited that it is believed over 30% of abnormal Paps are false positives. Many will argue that these exams have saved lives and have been the leading cause of more women surviving cervical cancer. The truth is, the data seems to be skewed. When collecting this information, they're only counting women who still have their cervixes. They're not counting women who have had hysterectomies. They believe the rates are 77% higher for black women and 47% higher for white women when you factor in hysterectomies. Speaking of hysterectomies, since screenings have become routine, more and more women undergo this procedure, making it one of the top 10 surgeries in the United States, along with C-sections and male circumcision. By the age of 60, over a third of women have had a hysterectomy in the U.S. Wow. 68% of all hysterectomies are performed for curable, non-cancerous reasons such as pelvic pain, fibroids, endometriosis, etc., one Danish study stated that cervical cancer screening will inevitably lead to unintentional harmful effects and detection of indolent pathological conditions defined as overdetection or overdiagnosis. Overdiagnosis often leads to overutilization, overtreatment, labeling, and thereby negative psychosocial consequences. 
hold on, I gotta go to part two. The study found that many women felt guilt, fear, powerlessness, change in body perception, change in perception of their age, and uncertain about whether or not they will be able to get pregnant in the future post-cervical screenings. If your health care practices require you to feel pain, exposed, physically uncomfortable, less than human, and in the care of distant and unfamiliar providers, I would question how conducive it is to your overall health. Okay. Okay, so that's the last one I'm going to read. So here's what I want to end this with. When I start saying stuff like this, when I start saying, like, you know, fuck these cervical screenings, they're abusive, or, you know, women's health care is not mammograms and pap smears and, uh, you know, uh, medical birth, and, you know, I'm making these big claims, right? I'm making these big, ballsy claims, um, statements. Uh, when I start saying that, like, you know, you can't tell the government to get out of your uterus while simultaneously telling the government to get in your uterus and, you know, to, like, have your abortions at home and have your babies at home and check your fucking... Okay, so here's what I want to say. Inevitably, when I start saying this, people um, will think that I'm giving um, dangerous non-medical advice, right? So um, I'm giving dangerous advice as someone who's not a medical practitioner. Um, in, uh, I will quote a blog post I made a long time ago. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to quote it. Um, but I'm here to say that, no, I'm not a doctor, and that's kind of the point. So I'm not giving medical advice, and I don't want to give medical advice. This isn't about medicine. This isn't about, um, that, that's, that's not my point. My point isn't to give medical advice. My point isn't to tell you what to do with your body. My point is to tell you that you can do whatever the fuck you want with your body and that, sorry, am I allowed to say, whatever. My point is you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want with your body and as, a, and that, um, that, that, medical authorities or doctors aren't the um, be-all, end-all or the gods of you or your body. And just because they went to medical school doesn't mean that they're, um, to quote Empowered Autoimmune Ali, I forget her last name, sorry, but no credential has the monopoly on knowledge. Like, by saying that all of our uh, that all of our choices as women, uh, health choices, need to be in the hands of a medical professional, is for one putting doctors as God and assuming, and I've said this in before, and I said this in my last podcast, is assuming that we know everyone's personal values and priorities and goals for their self and their health. Okay. Um. So when I'm telling people this, I'm not giving medical advice, and I don't want to, and I'm not a medical doctor, and what I'm doing isn't isn't of medical thought. It's something totally different. It's, it's about women and sovereignty. And if you think, like, well, that's dangerous, then, then you have an assumption of what everyone's um, 
priorities and goals are. And, and I've never said this before. Um, I, I say that a lot, but I've never like t- really, really, really told you what I mean by that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an example, like the deepest example of what I mean by that. Um, okay, how do I explain this? Okay, so when people start saying like that's dangerous, what they're saying is you could die, and if you don't do this, you could, ha- you could, you could get cancer and die. Okay, how do I explain this? So the other day, my boyfriend and I were talking. And I was like, you know what? If I got cancer, what I would want to do is I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, and of course, we, we can't know what you would do if you got cancer until you actually got cancer. But from where I stand today, this is what I believe if I were to get cancer. If I were to get cancer, I wouldn't want to go into the medical system at all. I wouldn't want to be treated by the medical system. I would want to do everything myself. Now people are like, well, what if you somehow knew that that could, like even if it could save your life, like what if it could save your life and you couldn't do it on your own? My answer is yeah. Yeah, like I know to some people that sounds crazy, like you would rather die? And it's like, no, it's not that I want to die. It's that, I have a deep, 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 deep value of um, bodily integrity, of abiding by the laws of nature, of um, keeping my health and as it and my immune system intact, um, and of just increasing my overall chances of living. And I believe that staying out of harm's way and I believe that entering into that system is putting yourself in harm's way um, increases my chances of of living and so that's what I mean when like people's personal values priorities and goals are different if your only goal is to like stay breathing and not die then maybe you could find value in the medical system but that's that's not what I hold valuable and most deeply important um this goes back to this book that i think everyone should read called die wise about this idea of like if you can then you should like if you can try all the treatments and medical technology and if you can do chemo and then like you should do all these things um like we just we place just such high value on on um staying alive but not really living and I believe that if I got cancer and then I went into the medical system all it would do would just keep me dying like I wouldn't be living I wouldn't be thriving if I was on chemotherapy and radiation which then causes secondary cancers and you know other problems and you know like people who I see like they're these people who are on pills and on drugs and on chemotherapy and on radiation. By the way, I didn't mean to go off on all this, but this is where it's taking me. These people aren't living and thriving. These people are slowly dying. All this medical system has has really to offer, um, for the most part, with chronic stuff, is a slow death. 
is to just keep you breathing a little bit longer. And I don't, that's not where my values are. My values are in an earth rooted in integris in with integrity body. It's um, being in alignment with the earth as much as I can. And with that is the understanding that that body dies. That body will die. And, and I want to know when that happens um, for me, undisturbed, uninterrupted. I want to know that like that the medicine that I took and the poison I took had nothing to do with it. I want my body to die with integrity. And for me, that means a natural death. And um, because I don't believe that like most people who are getting cancer, and have heart disease and all this stuff. I don't believe that most of those people are dying of those things. I believe they're dying of the interventions. I believe they're dying of, of, of traumatic operative surgery, of, of their medication, of their toxic mustard gas, radiation and chemotherapy. Like I believe that that's why most people are dying so quickly when they go into that system. Most people's immune systems cannot tolerate that. I mean, it's, it is straight up poison. So when I say that um, I'm not giving medical advice and and, um, and and when people tell me that what I'm saying is dangerous, it's like they it's because they have an assumption of my of my values and what is important to me. And um, staying breathing as long as possible, isn't the most important to me. I mean, it is if it's with, you know, integrity and if it's with um, uh, symbiosis with the earth, then yeah. I hope this makes sense. I don't, I don't, I haven't, um, this has mostly only been thoughts in my head. So like, I've never really tried to articulate this except for with my boyfriend. I've said that seven or eight times now. But, um, so these thoughts are, are being newly formed verbally for me. So I hope it makes sense. Um, and, and the last thing I want to say is that, um, like, again, this isn't medical advice. I'm not telling women to, like, totally forego and skip cervical um, exams. I'm not telling women to, like, don't get abortions or, or, or only do your abortion at home. Like, I'm not actually telling anyone what to do. What I'm speaking out against is an inherently abusive system that is predicated on the idea that women um, are uh, don't know their bodies and infantilizes women with um, assuming that they can't possibly have more knowledge about their body than the the, go- the white coat gods. Okay, so I'm speaking out against a system. I'm not speaking out. Um, for or against abortion. I'm not speaking out against, um, you know, being checked. I'm not speaking out. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, it's not like I'm, like, yeah, I have my own opinions and beliefs about, um, like, what is, like, overall probably best for most people. But this isn't so much about taking a stand on these, in, uh, uh, in particular, these, like, really um, particular topics so much as it's saying um, that women get to choose and I'm speaking out against the system. So just because I say like, don't 
go to the system to get like the these cervical exams that are rooted in abuse and slavery and that are fundamentally abusive to women um i'm saying like don't do that but that doesn't mean don't get cervical exams or don't get checked ever it's like find alternative ways to do this stuff is what i'm saying find more holistic um and harmonious and ways that feel good to you and and ways that feel in alignment and in integrity for for you and what you need so you know like it's really easy like i said i was a gta it's really easy to do these exams yourself it's really easy to learn how to insert a speculum and to learn about the cervix it's really easy to look at it yourself you can order kits online to um to test your own uh, cervix, like do the same test that a doctor do, and you can send it in. You can find women healers in your community and like wise women and even midwives, um, you know, who, you know, like there are really great midwives despite the fact that, you know, a lot of them are uh, like work for the state. Like there is a lot of like either old school midwives, traditional midwives, underground midwives, rogue midwives. You know, just, like, be conscientious of, like, you know, find women that, like, are wise and who you trust and um, that, that they they know how to do cervical exams, most midwives. And, you know, they oftentimes you can go to their home or they have a very intimate office setting where, like, they have a bed. And, like, it's just a lot more um, – it's just not as sterile and it's not as impersonal and it's a lot more cozy and it's a lot more holistic and it's not so – uh, centered just around um, trauma and so I'm not saying don't do these things I'm saying buck the system um, same with abortion like I'm not saying do or don't I'm saying um, I'm saying no matter where abortion goes politically or in the system women are still gonna do it and so educate yourself there's a book it's called natural liberty um, it's all about sell uh you know doing at home abortions you know i have a friend who she's like she's like the wise woman that like people call when they want to do like an abortion out of the system and she guides them and she leads them through that and like there are people that do this so i'm not saying do or don't i'm not saying never get checked i'm not saying never go like like abandon the doctor and don't ever take any like initiative for your health that's not what i'm saying I'm saying there's better ways to do it. I'm saying there's healthier ways to do it. I'm saying there's less traumatic ways to do it. I'm saying there's more like personal and loving and caring ways to do it. I'm saying there's better ways, there's ways to do it that are better and healthier for your body. So um, I just get bombarded with like being told that I'm dangerous because I'm like telling women to like not do something and that's not the case. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm exposing um, an abusive system. And I'm saying there's better ways to do it, ways that often women don't know about, you know. So, whoo, that was long. Wasn't expecting for it to be that long. Um, yeah, Shazam. I think that's all I have to say. It's late now. I'm tired. Um, yeah, if you have any questions about any of that, please DM me on Instagram. Please email me, um, comment. I'm going to make a post about this podcast. Comment on it. Do whatever. But um, 
Yeah. That's all, folks. All right, cool. Have a good night. I look forward to interacting with people about everything that I just said. This is, like, really exciting stuff for me. Um, this is, like, this This is the information that I really want to get out into the world. So have a good night or morning or afternoon whenever you're listening to this, and I will catch you later.